Remembering. Uh, I thought, you know, as I was looking at this, we're in Deuteronomy, the uh, eighth chapter, I believe it is, before I tell you that. Let me make sure. Yes, the eighth chapter. Um, how many um, people have trouble remembering things? I, I was thinking, well, older people tend to become forgetful as they get older, right? I'm learning that one. Uh, younger people tend to have trouble remembering for a thousand and one reasons. I don't know all of them. Uh, we might say because they're just too distracted, too easily distracted. We might uh, think that it's just because they have selective memory. That would be the husbands. I'm sorry. Never mind. Um, I, I don't know. But, you know, God understood that you and I were going to struggle in this area to remember the things that are important. Uh, I, I think of Solomon in the Bible. You know, Solomon, this, this great man of God who lived for God the majority of his life, who when given an option, God literally said to Solomon, here's a blank check, I will give you whatever you want. And Solomon chose wisdom over everything else that he could have had. And that's huge. And yet when you get to the end of Solomon's life, you find that he was drawn away from God by the women that he allowed to influence his life. And so the end of Solomon's life isn't really a good thing. Uh, he forgot some things along the way. Uh, it's, it's not always easy to remember, and God knows that, so he spends some time trying to encourage us to remember. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 11. It says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would uh, bring us into focus today of uh, the things that are important for us to remember. God, I ask that you would uh, help us to uh, allow your Holy Spirit to remind us of the things that we already know that uh, we need to be uh, putting forth in our lives. And God, I pray that truly we would be able to get to the end of our life and be found faithful, that you would uh, so work in our lives that we would be willing to surrender them to you in a very unique way. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we're all in trouble of forgetting some things, and that's what God wants to talk to us about here. And one of the things he starts out here in this passage is uh, when we are at the greatest danger. Remember in the, uh, in the churches, in the book of the, of the Revelation, we were talking about this in my Sunday school class, so it kind of reminded me. Uh, the Laodicean church, what was true about that Laodicean church? Anybody remember something that was true about them? They what? They were lukewarm. You know why? Because they had all kinds of stuff. And they began to put their emphasis on what they had, and they began to forget what, what God was doing. And that's what's happening here in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Take a look at verse 12. It says, lest when thou hast eaten and art full. Now, I know it's always dangerous to start talking about food in the middle of church. Everybody gets distracted. Now your stomach starts growling because you haven't eaten. And you're not full, probably, unless you got up and had breakfast this morning. Have you had breakfast? Wow, I'm impressed. I didn't realize there were that many breakfast eaters in here. Good for you. Well, then I can talk longer. You don't mind, right? But, you know, when... When we're satisfied, when we have eaten and are full and has built goodly houses and dwelt therein. That is 
literally the same description as is given to the Laodicean church uh, in, in the book of the Revelation and why they drifted away from that on fire for God stance that they had once been in and became lukewarm. And that's the danger that is being spoken of here in Deuteronomy 8. And when you and I are, are we have more than we need. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands anymore. But the real truth is, if you live in America, you're already described in this, in this uh, paragraph or in this verse. Whether you know it or not, whether you realize it or not, if you don't believe me, then start traveling someplace. Go someplace else. Pick a place. You know, it doesn't really matter. There's no place on earth that has at, at its fingertips everything that we have here in the United States of America. It is easy for us because we have eaten and are full and because we dwell in goodly houses. It is easy for us to get distracted by that and to forget the things that we're supposed to remember. And when we forget the things that we're supposed to remember, according to verse 11, the result is we begin to stray away from doing the things that we're supposed to do. And that's a dangerous place for us. So we're all in danger. Whether, again, I, I'm, I can recognize that some may be in more danger than others. Some may be fuller than others. And some may have goodlier houses than others. And that just puts you in greater risk of forgetting. Let's take a look and see what happens in verse 13. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. I mean, you've heard me say, I mean, I, I, I say this because it's true. My cup runneth over. I mean, I feel like that if, if he keeps on blessing and blessing, oh Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, the old song says, right? I don't. I, I don't know. I wouldn't know how to take it all in. God has been so good to me. And that, that goodness that I've enjoyed of, at God's hand puts me in a unique place of, of risk as well. And that's what God's speaking to these people here in verse 14. Then, then, after you're full, then, after you've eaten more than you can eat, then, after you've gotten the nice houses and the nice uh, places to be, and after you've gathered up your silver and your gold, and after you're sitting there just like the guy in the New Testament who has built his barns, and now he can take his leisure, then you're at the greatest risk of verse 14. Look what it says. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God. Wouldn't it be awful to enjoy the, the blessings of God, all that we have at his hand, because we happen to live in this place. To have all the blessings of God heaped upon us, only for us to be lifted up in our heart and to forget what God has done. Look at the rest of verse 14 which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. What did they forget? They forgot where they had been. That's what they forgot. They forgot that there was a time in which they would have died and gone to hell to burn for all eternity. But that God was gracious enough 
to step into the life and save their soul. They've forgotten that everything they have is because God is good, not because we've done anything. They've forgotten it. They have everything that they could ask for and more. And that puts them at great risk. And God says, be careful. You'll forget something. Your heart will be lifted up. When everything is going great, be careful. Then you're at risk of forgetting. When we uh, take a look at all these things, just think about it for a moment. Think about where you were. <laughs> now, there's people in here that... Um, your, your lives, because you got saved at a very young age and you came from a, from a Christian home, and which came from a Christian home, which came from a Christian home, and uh, in, in your thinking, your, um, if you're not careful, when Christ saved you, you don't see as much change as others of us are able to see in our lives. Because, you know, you went from being a kid who talked back to his mother to a kid who didn't talk back to his mother. You know, it wasn't like you had to, you know, you had to pull yourself away from a life of drugs and alcohol and, and pull yourself out of prison. It, but that's the danger. Listen to me. Because the real truth is that three and four and five-year-old who trusted Christ was still dying and going to hell without Christ. Do you understand? The moment they could recognize and understand the gospel, they were going to be accountable for it. And it is the grace of God that saved them. Not the fact that you were raised in a Christian home. It is the grace of God. Every person must individually choose to accept Christ as their Savior. And without Christ, you are as destined as the drunk and the alcoholic and as the guy in prison and as the drug addict, as the guy who beats his wife and beats his children... You're as destined for hell as everybody else. It's the grace of God. And we forget. And our heart is lifted up. And so let's take a moment to reflect and remember what God has done. Where we've been. There's a song. I hate when songs pop into my head while I'm up here because I don't always remember them. Um, I'll, rem I'll come into the part that I remember, right? If you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today. Then you would know the reason why I love him so. You can take this world's wealth and riches. I don't need earth's fame. It's my desire to live for him. And right now, while our hearts are tender and going that direction, beware. Because that is the risk right there. It is when we think we have arrived to the place where we're supposed to be. And we can coast from this point forward. That's the risk. And that's where the children of Israel are, are here in Deuteronomy. They've forgotten that it was God who did all of these things for them. Take a look at verse 15. Here's what God did. God led them through great that great and terrible wilderness, wherein fiery serpents and scorpions and drought 
and there, where there was no water, who brought thee forth out of the rock of flint. This is what God did for every single person sitting in this room who has accepted Christ as their Savior. God took you from the wilderness and brought you out of it. That place with no water, that place where the serpents are all around you trying to keep you from going any further for Christ, that's where God brought you out of. And we forget. And if we're not careful. By the way, can I tell you what happened to the children of Israel when they forgot? Does anybody remember what happened to the children of Israel when they forgot? What did they say to Moses? Oh, if only you had left us in. <laughs> I would never say that to God. Right? This is the danger that we would forget. Do you remember in First or Second Peter chapter 1? We are to add to our faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brother, kindness, charity. And if these things be in us and abound, they make us be really no more fruitful or unbarren. But verse 9 says, if we lack these things, if we fail to grow in Christ, if we start coasting in our spiritual walk, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. He forgot what it was to be saved. He's now coasting through life as if salvation never impacted him, never touched his soul. He's coasting. There's a danger in having so much and to where we, we no longer need to depend upon God, it seems. Take a look at verse 16. Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. You know why you're having such a good life now? It's because God gave you manna when you had no hope. It's because God sent Christ, his son, to die on the cross for you when you should have died and gone to hell for all eternity. That's why it's good at the latter end. And we forget that he's the reason we're here. He's the reason we're so blessed. He's the reason we have more than we need. Because of what he's done and the children of Israel have forgotten. In verse 11, this forgetting, go back, and go back up to verse 11, this forgetting causes us to no longer keep his commandments. You know what will happen if we start forgetting? You'll forget what it was like. Remember back when you were a teenager and in the revival service, you had just gotten saved a few years before and now you're on fire for God in a revival service. You came forward and you fulfilled Romans chapter 12 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And you said, here am I, Lord. Do with me whatever you want. Remember that? And since that time, your walk has changed. Why? Because when you forget, you stop keeping his commandments. There was a time in which your standard for music wasn't what your mom and dad made you 
or what your pastor browbeated you to. It was because you were convinced by the Spirit of God that this was right. And during some church service or some camp service, you surrendered your music to God. And since then, you've drifted away from that. Why? It's the process of forgetting how we got to where we are. Remember when living for God was normal. Of course I'm going to be at church on Sunday night. That's what I'm supposed to do. And that was a routine for your life because that's what you were supposed to do. And then forgetting starts happening. And we forget why we're here. We're not blessed because we're good people. We're not blessed because we work hard. We're blessed because God brought us from the wilderness and brought us into the promised land. We're blessed because God gave us manna when we could have nothing else on our own. We're blessed because God had Moses hit a rock and gave us water when there was no water to be found. And we've forgotten how we got here. And somehow we've become convinced that we're here because we deserve it. And we've decided to coast. And which one, that one that time was once a fire, a burning, I want to serve God with my life, has diminished to a lukewarm, I'm satisfied right where I'm at, I should not be moved, type of concept. That's what the children of Israel were struggling with here. Verse 14, when we forget, it changes our perspective. We forget it was the Lord that brought us out of Egypt. It was the Lord that freed us from bondage. It was the Lord that brought us through the wilderness. It was the Lord that protected us from the fiery serpent and the scorpions and the drought and no water and et cetera, et cetera. We forget our perspective starts changing. And somehow we're convinced that it's because we have worked so hard and we've gotten these raises and now we've got stuff and money and look at what I have done. No, no. It was the Lord. And we've forgotten. And once we were sitting back there when we didn't have much and we were thankful for every little minuscule God gave us and we prayed and we said, God, I want to thank you so much that I'm willing to share some of what I got with someone else. And now we have more than we need and we hoard. What's the matter with this? We begin to forget. Our perspective begins to change. We begin to forget our walk begins to change. We're no longer living the way we used to. We're no longer thinking the way we used to. We've forgotten. Verse 17 says, And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. Look what I did. It's a dangerous place to be. My power and my hand hath gotten me here. You know, here's what the Bible says. Without him, I can do nothing. Nothing. Everything I have is because God is better to me than I deserve. Everything I have. It's because God 
is good. And I deserve none of it. It's a dangerous place for us to be. To say, Pastor, I don't want to get there. Or how do I get out of getting there? Or I feel myself slipping that direction. Pastor, what do I do? Well, what's the answer? If we're not supposed to forget, what's the answer? Remember. <laughs> don't make this hard. Don't make this hard. The answer is for you and I to sit back and take a moment to think about all that God has done. That one day some 13-year-old kid in pajama bottoms and no shirt, sitting on the couch watching television, heard a knock on the door, and standing on my doorstep was a bunch of teenagers from Faith Baptist Church in Avon, inviting me to go out and get a Coke with them. And God stepped into my life and began to change it. And the direction of my life changed forever. Because God was good to me. And one day, this stubborn youth pastor who you know, had struggled to try to find someone to spend his life with, took a group of teenagers to a, to a teen activity and looked out there on the skating rink floor and an angel was standing around. I'll have to tell you, she wasn't going that gracefully around there. Just she roller skates like this, but it's like, wow, I think I should know her. And the conversation began, which began a dating life, which began a married life, because God cared enough to put me and her in the right place at the right time, and it's not because I was good looking or because I'm such a hunk of man that no one could resist me. It was because God was good, right? And one day, God used that same situation to introduce me to a little church on the southeast side of Indianapolis. After I promised my wife I would never be a pastor, don't worry, it's not going to happen. And God brings me to this place because of his timing. And his hand at work. And it's not because I was such a great preacher that everybody that heard me preach said, wow, let's flock to hear him preach. You know better than that one. Why? Because God is good to this, this preacher. And one day, when that couple could not have children anyway on their own, and every adoption agency looked at us and said, Ten years. Well, ten years is a lifetime when you're already starting out too old. You understand? Like, wow, ten years. This was not... Ten years and thousands upon thousands of dollars. We didn't have the time and we didn't have the money. And within a year and a half, we were bringing my son home from the hospital. And within... A year and a half later after that, we were planning to bring my daughter home from the hospital. Why? Because somebody looked at it and said, wow, look how great parents they'll make. No, because God is good. God is good. And when I stop remembering what God is in my life, I will stop 
remembering my desire to walk the way he wants me to walk, my desire to depend upon him the way he wants me to depend upon him, my desire to live my life for him. The old song says, roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remember that? That's an incredible line. Where could you have been without Christ today? Fairly certain you wouldn't be sitting here. Some of you saying, praise the Lord. That would <laughs> wow, that would have been great. No, I mean, you might not have been sitting here. But beyond that, just think about where you could have been. I, my family background isn't a pretty one. You know, I, I, it's just not. And I could have been a drunk and, an, and in prison. I have three uncles who died because of alcohol, died because they got drunk and messed up their bodies in accidents usually, except one just drank himself to death. Three uncles, that could have been me, but the grace of God stepped into my life and said, no, I'm going to show you, I'm going to get you through the wilderness, John. I'm going to get you over here in a place where you'll have more than you could have ever thought possible to have, and then be careful lest you forget.